0: All right, guys, we are back with Finding Nicholas, episode seven. I'm not going to say I'm excited this time. I'm going to say something different. I'm ecstatic. How about that? Um, I'm here with another good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Brandon Edwards. He is a serial entrepreneur. He is a financial advisor at uh, J.P. Morgan. And besides being incredibly eloquent and intelligent, he's just a good person to know. And uh, I appreciate his friendship. I appreciate him for being on this thing. And so um, I think the topic of today is going to be about intraprene- entrepreneurship. We were talking about that a bit before we started recording. And so I'm excited to uh, present that to listeners. We're excited to present that to listeners uh, who are interested in starting their own businesses or currently running one. Um, because as we know, there, there are a lot of issues that come with uh you know, running the ship. And so without further ado, I'm going to let him say a few things and introduce himself and he's going to kind of get into what he does and some of the things he's learned along the way and, uh, give us some good stories. And that's how we're going to do it. My man, my
1: nah, man, I'm, I'm excited. This is, uh, actually my first podcast. I've, I've never been on a, a podcast before. Um, so definitely excited um i I know you're you're doing a lot of good things um i've heard a few of them and uh excited to be a part of it uh but a little background on me uh i think at this point what we've known each other about 20 years at this
0: point it's a good minute
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so born and raised in athens georgia um what i do now uh had a few different businesses uh have a phone repair shop in Athens, Georgia at UGA. I have a insurance agency um, that's independent uh, where we write through several different carriers. Um, and I was the former CFO of Blanket Homes, which is a short-term rental agency. Um, we had about 30 properties in the Midtown area, uh, about 10 in Chattanooga, Tennessee area as well. And uh, we sold that last year. Uh, kind of right before all the COVID stuff hit. So good timing, I guess, with that. Um, And yeah, and we do a lot of traveling, like traveling, like seeing the different uh, places, experiencing different cultures, eating food and all that kind of stuff. So excited to be a part of the podcast and uh, tell a few stories.
0: And it's interesting because, um, and he's so humble, you know, he's so so humble with it. I, I like the aspect of you just having the mentality to um, have multiple businesses, multiple streams of uh, passive income. Um, I think that's a goal of many people, and so to have to have uh, the brass, you know, to 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 go about it and actually do it and and follow through uh, says a lot about you. Um, I think the aspect that I want to talk about because I know we've traveled, you know, we 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 we've we've seen the world. Uh, Whether we've traveled together independently, I I think we do have a a greater view of um, some of these hot topics these days, whether it's politics or, you know, entertainment and and pop pop culture. I think the fact that we've traveled lends a wide perspective to that. For sure. And um, so I'd like to hear about your travels and how that shaped maybe your view on the world and maybe even impacted the way you approach your businesses mm-hmm. or friendships or relationships just you know go with it.
1: Well first it's a it's a credit to you man because I feel like uh the first time i I really went to Europe is from one of your invitations. I think you were working in Germany uh doing uh teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't know what part of Germany. What what part of Germany were
0: you in? Uberlingen Western Ooh. Germany.
1: Okay, Western Germany. So yeah, before then, um I'm a I'm an island bomb man, so I've pretty much been to every island um in the Caribbean, uh you name it, I've pretty much been there. Uh and at first it was just like I just wanted to be near a beach and see pretty water. So it wasn't any any, I guess, uh intense thought process or um any I'm looking for the word, but it was it was no motive. It was just I kind of wanted to get out and see something other than Myrtle Beach and Hilton Head, which is kind of the places that your, your parents took you when you were young. Um, so I got out um, and just started kind of meeting different people. Um, so within when I got to kind of corporate America, hearing about the different places that people traveled, it was also, it was, I always hear stories when people are older, and they're like, yeah, um, I went to Europe with a family, or I went to China, and it's, it's always older people telling stories. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I want to experience that now. Um, I don't want to have five kids, and I'm trying to put through college, and then I'm kind of scrambling. And then I saw a meme the other day. Um, which was uh, two old people, and they had finally, they have been working their whole lives, right? And they had finally retired, and they're probably in their late 60s, approaching 70. And they got a—they uh, got plenty of money, so they, they start traveling. They're like, where do you want to go? Um, so one was like, I want to go to Italy. So they, they get the money. Of course, they have the money, and they go to Italy, and they sleep the whole time because they're old. <laughs> right? They don't have the energy to go out and experience the country like they would when they were in their twenties, thirties, even forties and all. So that kind of, that meme always kind of stuck with me. And I was always like, I want to experience this stuff now. Um, I want to eat the food. I want to experience the culture, um, at a young age. Um, so I think that is kind of what put me in the mindset. Um, along with seeing a few friends, I had a few friends that played ball overseas. Uh and that kind of just encouraged me like, Hey, go get it now. Uh, go, go explore now. Um, Barcelona by far is probably my favorite country that I've been to. And we experienced that, that trip one time together. Um, I think that was the first time I went actually. Um, but the mindset of people there intrigued me, um, not only just in Europe, but South America, um, in different countries, because in America, you're, you're stuck in the grind, you're stuck in the hustle and bustle, and you st- really stop enjoying the the purities of life, the simple things of life. Um, like uh, in Spain, in different parts of Spain, they they do the siesta, they shut the town down for two yeah. hours. That's unheard of here in the States. Like that that's almost a curse word. They 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 want you to have 30 minute breaks, right? And then right. come back. But there they really value family and they value your time and your your mental state Mm -hmm. um i feel like your mental state here um if you go see a psychologist or something what's wrong with you something's wrong with you there right and in different countries if you go see a psychologist that's part of it that's part of the psyche because they know that your physical is just as important important as your mental and if you go to places like spain and your people are fit right People on the beach are fit, and it almost because I I've always been kind of slim, fit, but in Spain like they're fit, fit, like they work out, they're the lean. Yeah, it's a lifestyle, right? So that kind of changed my mindset of when I got back to like, hey man, I need to even though I'm a slim guy, I need to work out. You know, I need to eat better. I need to. So it kind of puts a different mindset because you kind of get stuck in the ways of working and and um and then just kind of the the u.s the the u.s mindset of just make as much money as you can and of course that's part of it right you want to make money but it's also what you do with the with what you do with the money and what you do with your time because to me it seems like they're more in charge of their time there mm-hmm. right that's they true. make money but they have autonomy as well and so that's kind of what encouraged me to be a business owner Um, because I wanted my I wanted my autonomy. I want to be able to go to Spain and work on the computer and be just as productive as if I was in the office in the U.S. Um, So that's kind of
0: kind of my mindset of why I wanted to become a business owner. No, I think that's, uh, you know, as I was listening to you, I had all these uh, these moments where I, I guess I was kind of like, you know, blasted to the past, <laughs> you know, and, and think about my own travels. Yeah, um, yeah that, that motivation of autonomy, yeah. Yeah, that personal freedom, I think we're, we all kind of feel robbed of in America,
1: Oh, for
0: sure. you know, just this, the lay of the land and how businesses run and that corporate world, you very, you very much feel like uh, just another number. You know, and, and somebody says jump and you jump, and here's the time off that you can have, and mm-hmm. and so on, so on. Mm-hmm. And what they've done, I think, you know, as we're listening, as I'm listening to you, is that they've kind of built in some you time into the system. Right. Like they like they've cracked the the matrix a little bit, and they're just like, you know, you get a glimpse of what your life really could be when they had these si- siestas and shutting the town down, or things don't open till like late in the morning, and people are having late dinners and so on. Um, and we talked
1: about um, we talked about the the siesta, but just from a, a living standpoint, um, I was talking to a uh, an Indian chick from London uh, that I met in Barcelona, and she was telling me that typically, so we get two weeks, kind of standard vacation time in the U.S., right? So there, the standard is six weeks, mm. six weeks vacation time. Wow! Right. So that, that, that alone lets you know that, imagine if you are comparing two companies there, I mean, let's say relatively the money's the same. And then one says, yeah, we give you six weeks of vacation time. And the other says the standard two. That alone lets you know that they value your time, yeah. right? So that alone would sell me on that company. And that's kind of the mindset there is, they, it's not all about work there. And even like when you have a kid, or maternity paternity leave, right? And so that's when we get six weeks, right? Right. Or I think women get nine weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when you think of that in the landscape of a human being, nine weeks—that's nothing.
0: You know what's crazy about that? You know, and you know, and 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 like, and you know, I, I've 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 been uh, privileged uh, and I'm very lucky to have traveled uh, so much in terms of that you know, paternity and maternity leave, particularly maternity leave,
1: right.
0: you, see, you see like in other cultures where women are getting off for 12 months, exactly. for 18 months, yep. and their job is still there.
1: And paid.
0: And they're getting paid uh, at maybe a percentage, maybe 75%, 50% of what right. they were earning previously, but their job is still there when they get back. And it's not six weeks or nine weeks like it is here. Um, and that even fathers, get time off you know that i was in uh i was in sweden and then and i I was dating somebody over there and we just had this conversation of that men have or like there's a total amount of time that the husband and wife can take off but they can split that i think that 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 was the you know if it's say it was like 15 or 18 months like she could take a year off before going back to work and then he could take the other six you know and, and do it and do his own thing and stay with the child right and I, I just thought that was so, I don't say advanced or like modern, yeah. but you know, like low key. It was like mind blowing. I was like, what? It's crazy. Um, yeah, then, for sure. And then at the same time,
1: um, I remember vividly being my first job out of school was enterprise. Right. So I worked there um, about three years, made it all the way up to a manager. And I remember um a guy that was actually working for me at the time. And I mean he was if I was twenty-two, he was maybe thirty-three, thirty-four or so. So a good twelve year difference. So I'm I'm managing a guy that's twelve years older than me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm twenty-two, fresh out of school, pretty much. Or twenty twenty-three at the time. Um and he he literally asked me one time he was like hey man my my son has a baseball game. um do you mind if I get off a little bit early And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like yeah, like that's that's no question, but he had to ask he had to ask me for that mm. i I never wanted to be in a position take away the age difference like that's that's irrelevant, but I never wanted to be in a position where I have to ask permission to go to my kid's game, you know? So when I say autonomy, I don't even mean uh, necessarily autonomy to travel, uh, just just kind of reclaiming your time in general, right? And prioritizing to yourself, like, what what means the most to you, right? Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if your family means the most to you, I don't want to ask for time off so I can spend it with my family because... My family's a part of my day-to-day grind. It's it's a part of my life, right? right? So I shouldn't have to ask for time off to to spend time, especially to go to my kids' games. Something that's very important to me. So that at a at even at 22, I remember that kind of being ingrained in me. Like, hey, when I'm to the point where I have kids, uh, whether that's late 30s, 40s, whatever, I never want to be in a position where I have to ask for
0: time off to to spend time with my family. And that's big, you know, because your, your family, um, it's like you said, that's it, it, part of your daily grind. It's like, it's, it's part of your regular life. Right. Like you can't really get rid of these people, yeah. uh, even yeah. if you wanted to, right? And so <laughs> exactly. it's just you, and, and the fact that you have to consider them as this other third party, as yeah. if they're not part of your daily decision-making process, um, says something about how we run our businesses, how we think of our human capital. Um, you know, my, my question for you is this, um, because you've traveled now and, and, I, and I know you've traveled, right. You know, extensive, <laughs> extensively, you know, every time I turn around, this guy is like, Hey, I think I'm thinking about taking a trip. And so, you know, I'm not even mad at, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to join him, You know what I mean? Um, but when you look at collectively in totality, you know, where you've been and what you've seen, tell me how that's influenced how you operate on a day-to-day basis or how you operate in your businesses? Like, just how does this influence your thoughts now that you've seen Barcelona, now that you've been to Colombia, so on, so on, so on? It's like, do 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 you think on those things when you're making everyday choices now?
1: Yeah, so I think that it's, it's changed my mindset in a good way, totally, right? Because um, I still, I mean, We're getting older, right? But (laughs) we still consider ourselves kind of young. But I think we had this conversation the other day. Um, We still have people that are our age that... I would say that it it changed my mindset and what's a good time and what I value, right? Because we're still at a point where we're at a a, a, kind of crazy point because we're at the point where we've made the most money that we've ever made, right? Mm -hmm so that they always talk about it so you're in your late 20s early 30s that that's prime right because you're entering your career you're starting to make the most money that you have ever made you're not making the dumb ass decisions that you typically make right so now you're making educated decisions right right so i made a conscious decision that i wanted to travel and once i started traveling um it kind of opened up my mindset and it it kind of feeds you a little bit and it, it makes a hunger because you're like, okay, uh, this time I went to the Caribbean. Next time I want to venture out a little further. This next time I want to go to South America, right? So then you go to Colombia and you're like, okay, I like Colombia. Let's go to Brazil. Let's go to Argentina. So it just kind of, in every country you go to is different. Even, and I, I think I was ignorant in a way because I was like, oh shit, I mean, it's it's a Spanish-speaking country, right? They all speak the same type of Spanish. Not at all, right? Okay. You go to Barcelona, that's a totally different Spanish than Puerto Rico. That's a totally different Spanish than Mexico. That's a totally different Spanish than Colombia. They all have their... And I, it's kind of in the mindset of the U.S., right? Okay. New Yorkers are different from Southerners. I got you. Yeah. Southerners are different from Cali, right? And you speak the same language. It's still English, but it's a different slang. It's a different... Even when I'm in New York or somewhere, they'll say, hey, man, where are you from? They know you're not from there, right? Even though you're American, you're you speaking English, they know because of the dialect. So they're different dialects in Spanish. Um, so I would say that um, it changed my mindset and the fact that I stopped enjoying stuff like going to the club and, and 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 simple stuff that to me when I had when I start making money, normally the first thing we do in our culture is like, shoot, we gotta spend, man. I gotta let them know. I gotta show them I got this bag, you know? I'm making money. I want to buy the cars and I want um the big house and but traveling kind of made it the simplicity in life it kind of made it stand out to me. Because mm. when I came back, I was like, I want more of that. I want to be able to go travel. I don't care about going to the club and and buying uh, fancy cars and all that kind of stuff. Because even in my line of work, being an advisor, I, f- I see that the rich value experiences, not possessions. Mm. So the richest client that I have Drives a, let's call it a 2006 Toyota Camry. And this man has 10 mil in the bank, Mm. right? Has a decent sized house because they value their assets to a certain point. But he more so talks about sending his daughter to study abroad, right? Because that's changing your mindset. Mm. And the mindset over there in Europe is totally different than the mindset here. Um, they're not brainwashed like. How do you mean? They're so to me. Um, people here are kind of brainwashed, and they call it the American dream, right? Um, and what's the American dream? That's the the white picket fence, the the nice car, the middle, the upper class neighborhood, and once you made it there. Or once you attain those things, then you've made it, right? You've made it to Amer- the the top of America or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, or you've reached the American dream, for lack of better words. Um, over there, it's, it's very simplistic. Life is simplistic. Now, of course, you have your places where... I mean, you have your clubs and people are balling. But when I travel, I like going to the to the bars and clubs and stuff. But I also like going in the town, right, where there are vineyards and people that are... Like
0: the local? Yeah. Local, local people, not the tourist trap people. But- yeah.
1: I hate... I, I don't like... I like the tourist stuff for a day. But then my whole goal when I travel is to be immersed in the culture, so I want to say, like, what is it to be, like, like when I was in Spain, what is it to be a Spaniard for a week, right? So not, like, where is the touristy spots where they're nothing but Americans, but where do you eat on a typical Tuesday, Wednesday? Like, where do you go? Where do you eat? Where do you eat for breakfast, like? I want to be immersed in, in that culture. Cause to me, that gives you a better grasp. If I wanted to do American shit, I just stay in fucking America. Right. Yeah. So if you want to experience, um, a different country, I would suggest you to immerse yourself in that culture, um, and go to local, local spots, local breweries, local restaurants, um, and really talk to people. Like I think I've had the best time when, like (laughs) it reminds me to the time when I missed my flight in Barcelona. Um, And I think we were there for a couple weeks and I ended up staying another week or so. It seems like maybe three or four days up to a week. And it forced me to, at first I was scared as hell, right? (laughs) So let me back up and, and tell the story. So we're we met we met some girls from Poland. Um we chopped it up. They're really cool. They spoke good English and Spanish. So they were they were great people to be around because they could communicate with the locals. Um and I call myself knowing Spanish, but they, they really knew Spanish. That's the other thing about people in Europe. They know multiple languages. For sure. Like I met a Polish girl, she spoke polish she spoke english she spoke spanish and she told me she was learning another language. i think french or something like that we're so ignorant here in the u.s that when we go places we're just like oh they'll 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 speak english mm-hmm. like and, and when you think about it that's a that's a very ignorant way of thinking yeah like oh they'll they'll know my my they'll native language you. yeah they'll accommodate me but that's the american way and it's bullshit but that's the american way that's what that's kind of what i'm referring to but so yeah fast forward into when i missed my flight so i think y'all left out was it earlier that day i think it was yeah so y'all left out earlier the day i had a later flight um and for some reason i thought it was a good idea to go to the beach that day after y'all left right Uh (laughs) So long story short, like I lose track of time and, um, I get, I get mixed up on my flight time, uh, cause that, of course they're military time over there. And I think I was just reading it regular for some reason. Um, but it was getting close to the time I thought my flight was. And so I pull up my itinerary and I show it to the post girl. And then she just has a shock look on her face. She's like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? She was like, your flight has already left. So I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Like, damn, like, what do I do now? I'm in another country. All my homeboys are gone. Um, I'm in Barcelona. I have no clue when the next flight's going. So, like, I was like, well, shit. Like, I still got to go to the airport to at least talk to somebody. So end up packing my stuff, going to the airport, because, like, me being naive i'm thinking like shit i could probably catch a later flight right mm-hmm. get there they're like oh the next flight going to the us period is uh on thursday it's tuesday by the way okay and they're like yeah the next flight um we can get you on is on thursday and i'm like all right cool so that's going to atlanta they're like no that's going to san francisco so i'm like fuck <laughs> <laughs> like that's the other side of the u.s like that does me no good then i got to get another four hour flight so i'm like all right so when's the next time y'all have something uh that's going to the east coast they're like oh well we have something going to new york on saturday it's tuesday so now like reality's starting to set in right so i'm like the hell am i gonna do from tuesday to saturday by myself in a whole nother country and i barely know spanish So I'm like, luckily I hit the post girls back up and like, they were so cool. So accommodating. They're like, Oh, don't worry about it. Um, like just come back here. You can kick it here for the night until you can figure out like where you're going to stay. So luckily, like I made some friends and then, but the thing was they were leaving like two days later. So it forced me to, like I was saying early, really immerse myself in the culture. Because I'm like, I'm not about to sit in my hotel room for three days because I don't know anybody. I'm going to go meet some people. Mm. And so one of the girls I ended up meeting was the Indian chick. And so the Indian chick I ended up meeting at a bar. She was with a whole gang of people from different places, London, Um london sweden Uh, i think one was from germany and that kind of that was a experience in itself because i wasn't used to being in that diverse of a crowd right Mm -hmm. but they look at race differently over there it's not a big deal it's a melting pot over there and that's the other thing that's very different between to me maybe it's just what i experienced but that was the difference between europe and american to me they're not as color conscious and you lived over there so you would probably know a little bit more than me about that but did you did you see that too as far as like less
0: less of a color barrier i would say Uh, um it's interesting because uh when we talk about that color barrier yeah like when, as I was listening to you, and I again, I, I keep getting transported back to <laughs> to living abroad and and all that, and uh, it's such a it's such a good feeling, you know, such a nostalgic feeling. Uh, because it makes you smile. It does. It does. <laughs> I I think, without a doubt, you know me. Like I, I prefer. Probably living abroad and being in Europe or South America, or Asia, more than I do here, yeah. um, and it's probably for the reason that you suggested just now. Um, that color issue is that i i still feel my color there but how it looks is always different like because of the history of racism in this country you know there's a very set kind of image about black people and black men in particular Mm -hmm. Um, but when you go abroad people don't really care if you're African-American, like you do here on, like, you know, filling out a census or, you know, some job application. It's, it's, they're just like, are you American? Um, Do you feel,
1: do you feel that it's more of a curiosity there than them actually stereotyping? Because that's kind of what I felt. Like, I felt, like you said, my, my blackness, right? But I felt like it was more of a, a curiosity, like, hey, like, I've never seen anybody. Like that before, I'm interested versus oh, I'm afraid, which is what it is here.
0: Man, you said you said you just said something just now that's really, really deep, you know what I mean? Because, like, curiosity versus fear, yeah, I felt that, you know, because, like, when I lived in Japan, it very much was curiosity. Now, these people aren't xenophobic or anything like that, it's just you know, if you look at Japan, it's probably like 98% Japanese. Like, like that's just the way that is. Right. Um, and so, and they don't have the history of, that America has regarding people right. of color, you know? And so to them, what they, their experience with black people and black men is uh, pop culture. It's what do they see on the TV and what do they hear on the radio? And so, you know, I would walk, I literally would walk down the street and some people would yell at me, Kobe Bryant, <laughs> you know, 50 Cent, Little Wayne. <laughs> And I, they don't know. I mean, I won't say they don't know who they look like, but like they would just think, I'm this person, right? And and in Japan, I like I'm not tall in America. Like I'm like five eleven, six foot on a good day, and over there, I'm kind of tall in Japan. So I was feeling myself. I was like, okay, I'm kind of I'm kind of tall, man. Right. Uh, I get on the train and kind of look over people, <laughs> um, and they would yell this stuff out, or they want to touch my skin, or they want to touch my hair, and when we go back to what you're saying, to your point about the color, um, I never really felt like that was such a factor in terms of how people treated me. Mm -hmm. Like, I think people probably noticed it just wasn't something to discriminate on somebody about, you know? It just was like, oh, he's American. And I really more so felt the stigma and the stereotypes that go with being American. Mm -hmm. Americans are overweight. Americans are loud. Americans have no culture. You know, I I heard this joke once when I was working in Germany and I I was actually having breakfast with one of my colleagues and she comes up with this joke and she's like, you know, Nick, Hey, I got a joke for you and it might make you upset. And I was like, Hey, you know, (laughs) go for it. And she was like, what's the difference because what's the difference between America and a piece of cheese? And I was sitting there and I was thinking about it and I was eating my my breakfast and this, you know, this little deli meat and cheese stuff for breakfast and this plain yogurt. And she goes, like, I didn't answer. And she just starts giving volunteers answers. She's like, well, after 30 years, at least the cheese will have culture. (laughs) And I was like, whoa. And she was like, I told you it was a mean one. And I was like, like, but I felt her, yeah. you know what I mean? And and like I said, you know, I never, I never felt trapped by my, my color. I never got, I never felt trapped by the history of my complexion and, and, and um. but, you know, but I guess one of the things I want to ask about you is, is that, you know, when you travel, one of the things you mentioned was that, you know, once you get that experience, mm-hmm. it makes you want more of it. You know, you see a place and you're like, oh, man, this is, this is kind of cool. And I think people are kind of nomadic anyway. We have this general feeling of wanting to explore and the feeling of wanderlust. So, so why do you think that is? Like, Why do you think that you go off, you see something, it's really cool, then you do another place. And then all of a sudden, you feel like something like explorer and you're just all over the world.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think it's a, just a curiosity thing. I think I'm a naturally uh, curious person. Um... But you know, initially, initially when you travel, um, and I think we can all attest to this. So, when I first went uh, to South America or to to Spain or to Europe, Serbia, Serbia, <laughs> Romania, just start naming Croatia, right? But you naturally are like, all right, um, or me. Let me say me first, right? I want to know, like, all right, so w- when's hip hop night? You know, like that's the first thing you kind of float to because then you'll see, uh, you'll hear your music. You'll hear, you'll see some familiarity, right? So I think that's exactly the opposite of what you need to do, right? Because when you're with your friends and all, you're like, all right, I want to hear some hip hop. I want to hear some rap music. But it kind of takes away from you being in another country. Like it's cool hearing your music in another country and seeing how they react to it, but it's Even cooler to see them and how they react to their music, right? So I went to, um, what was it, Columbia one time. And I was with my friends. And, of course, we're we're looking for a hip-hop spot. And we just fall into this hole in the wall. Everybody's just fucking drenched in sweat and just dancing their ass off and just having a great time. And it's just like a... uh, It was a a salsa spot. And I would never go, I don't know how to salsa. I would never go into a salsa spot. But just seeing them enjoy their music and learning the music. And then, of course, like one of the girls was like, hey, that's the thing about South America. Like they're so welcoming, right? So here, like it's always clicked up and, oh, you don't belong here or something like that, or you're an outsider. You don't feel that is south american because it's not in their culture to be rude they're taught to be humble they're taught to be welcoming and when you go into their country they want you to love their country so they're very very generous very uh hospitable is i guess the word i'm looking for and so i ended up learning how to do salsa that night and she and they're so patient i didn't know how to salsa i was probably looking like an ass out there right everybody else in motion and I'm I'm trying to figure it out, but they're so patient. That's probably one of the best nights I had in Columbia. Wow. And it wouldn't have happened if I would have went outside of my comfort zone and say, hey, I don't know how to salsa, but who gives a fuck? Like, let's just go in and, and see what happens. So in experiences like that, um, it kind of puts you on game of other stuff, right? It makes you, it opens your eyes. Because if I never would have went in there, and I was always looking for a hip hop club or a club that I would have missed that whole experience so when you experience something like that, it kind of feeds into a tank and you just want to experience more stuff you're like, all right, what else is out there all right so I went to Colombia let me let me take it to a different place and everywhere to answer your question everywhere is different um you've been to Peru Peru's totally different than Colombia mm-hmm. there Colombia's mm-hmm. totally different from even parts of colombia so Cartagena, um which is northern colombia it's on the water people look literally like us they look like black people right it's not the traditional colombian that you would see on um on netflix on on the cartel or all, any of the shows el chapo all that all that stuff um so the fair skin long black hair that you typically consider a Colombian, that's more Medellin. That's more central Colombia. That's Cali. That's Medellin. That's in the mountains. But near the water, near the the beach area, like they were talking, they were speaking Spanish to me like I was one of them. Mm. So even like within a country is different cultures. Right. And so to me, like that intrigues me. That
0: makes me want to venture out more um, and see what else is out there. Man, folks, I I don't know if you can see it, but like I, when I look at him, he's got this gleam in his eye. He's got he's he's literally got this gleam in his eye, and I and like and I feel the same thing. I, I feel like I'm 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 being transported, you know, back in time, and I and I have this like my vibrations are so high because like I want to get back out there. I want to get to travel again, and and you know obviously there's COVID nineteen and there's the travel restrictions. Man, you, you know, you hope those are lifted, you know, uh, in the next few months or so. But it, it just makes you, I won't say homesick, but like kind of a uh, hunger. It's almost like you're taking a
1: vacation from being a black American.
0: Almost. Well, you said something.
1: And I know that's deep, but when you go over there, it's, and it's, it's such an oxymoron, right? Because America is supposed to be the land of the free, right? But that's for certain people. But when you go over to countries like that, you realize that the race system, the racism, the systemic racism, and every country has their different issues. like so I'm sure Spain and we didn't stay over there long enough to see the systemic issues, which I'm sure they have. But like it just, it just feels different when you're out of the country. You don't feel the pressure. Of being black here, you don't feel like you're under attack, like you do when you're
0: here. You know that that's a very good point. Um, that feeling of being under attack uh, for doing like nothing, just living. You know, just 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 living and breathing is it almost feels like a crime here sometimes. You know, just. Um, and it's like you said, like there's, there's racism everywhere you go. You know, there's discrimination wherever you go. And, but the way that looks you know, and, and the way people act on that is so different, you know what I mean? And you know, like I said, I, I've been lucky to travel to like 30 plus countries and live in two countries outside of the US. I've lived in Germany and Japan. And in terms of my color, I I have never felt the weight of my color like I do here. I moved to Japan in in uh, 2013, like July 2013, I think. No, 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 no July like 2011. Wow, that's some time ago, right? <laughs> uh, July 2011, and I landed. Not
1: too far. You graduated, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's only it's only about a year or two after that. Okay. Um. And so. I I went there for a job, right? And I went there to, to to teach English, and I ended up kind of having this more advanced role than that. But when I first, like, I got... At first, everybody was like, oh, you're going to Japan? You're not really going to Japan. You're not going to go. And I was like, "Nah, I'm going to go. And they were like, but do you know anybody? And I was like, nah. <laughs> and then they're like, but you speak Japanese, right? I was like, nah. So why are you going? And... <laughs> You know, at the time, like the kind of you know the economy had been bad for a couple of years. Um, at that point, it just was it, was it was tougher, and so I had like a couple minor jobs. You know, put them all together, making everything work, and then I could go to Japan and have one job, and make everything work. And so it was kind of like a no brainer. It was like either I could stay here and work two three jobs, or I could just go and work one job and say I live in Japan. Right. And so I did this kind of uh, I did this interview in, in my parents' basement. You know i went to i went to walmart and got a uh this construction board drew a map on it of like mcdonald's and banks and they're like give a demo lesson i was like okay (laughs) and i I like i did all i did through skype and i held this thing up and i sound like a a complete dick you know i mean like i just was like all right guys we're going to the bank which way is the bank and I felt like a complete idiot doing this. And at the end of it, I just was like, Nick, you did not get the job. I swear <laughs> to God, you, you did not get this job. And they were like, oh my God, that was so good. Brilliant. And, right, <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, well, thank you. And they were like, when can you start? When can you come down? And I was like, yo, I think I just got this job. <laughs> and so I got the job and that was probably like in May. And so I sold my car at like this uh, 2000 Mustang. I sold it, got the cash money and I bought a plane ticket. It was like $1,800 and I got some luggage. I got all these other things and I had some traveler's checks and I left. You know what I mean? And one of the things was after I first got there, you know, after being beyond nervous, I wasn't nervous the whole time until like the plane was descending. And I was like, oh crap, we're, we're really about to be in Tokyo at Haneda airport. Right. And so, uh, or is it like Narita? And so, we get there and then I'm riding this bus into the city to go to the hotel where they're going to do orientation and so on. And they drop me off at this place that's not my hotel and I got to figure out how to get there. And I'm just like, I can't read these signs. There's a couple of signs of English here and there. I have no idea where I'm at. My phone doesn't work. What are we going to do? And so um, I get to this hotel and I just start asking questions. And the first thing I noticed that these people were so nice to me, man. Like overly accommodating, just like just like stopping everything they were doing and like yo, man let me let me figure this out, even though we weren't speaking the same language right. it was like I just felt like that's what they were saying, but in Japanese, and then they would go find somebody in English who would speak like some broken English, and you know i uh, do you know doko you know quite you know nice, you know and and they're like you're like, oh man, uh, you know, I'm looking for so and so hotel, and they're like. Eh, Magica. You know, and then you know they, they not, you know, like they don't know, they don't know what I'm asking. And so, you know, you kind of revert to a child, you know, and you're trying to use your hands and you're trying to communicate with your eyes and everything else. But my color never played a factor mm-hmm. into that. You know, it just was here's the person who needs some assistance. And
1: they weren't
0: fearful. Yeah, yeah. And so I get to this hotel. And I, and, I, and I slowly discovered after I've been in Japan, I lived there for like two years, that people love black people there, right? And it's even though it's like 98, 99% people Japanese, it was like, it wasn't more of you're black, you're white. It was more of like, you're Japanese or you're not. Yeah. It wasn't like a, some hierarchy of who you were. It just was, are you Japanese, are you not? And they didn't really go out of their way to highlight that difference, but, you know, there were times where I would get on the train and people would be like, oh, my God, your hair. Can I touch it? And the difference here is because we have a history of like people should understand here what that means in America. Like, oh, let me touch your hair. Let me uh, like you're, you're kind of offended. You're like, yo, like, like get a life right uh, over there. It's just because you're so rare. It's like you said earlier. It's It's, it's more curiosity. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, man, you know, you're a black person, can I touch your hair? I've never, I don't really see people, many people like you. And I can remember people telling me like, oh my God, you know, Kokujin, you know, you know, like, oh, this black person is so rare. And people telling me like, seriously, like, oh, I wish I was black. I, bro, I'm 33. I have never heard a white person <laughs> tell me that they wish they were black because they know what it is in right. America, yeah. right? And then and, and this whole aspect of traveling of going abroad, and you made this point of you had a good experience in your salsa dancing, and you know you were you were in a beginning in a place of like familiarity, you know like oh, I hear my music, this is stuff that I like, this stuff that makes me feel comfortable, and then you step out of your comfort zone and you get into i'm now immersed in their culture, and these people are very warm and inviting. Yep. And, again, that's something that I think America's not ex- exactly known for. Even Southern hospitality is no, not no, the same way.
1: We're known for being assholes.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty, pretty, pretty much. You know, yeah. it's just, it's never, I never feel as included, particularly when you get to more, like, white and white circles. You know, the whiter it gets, the more ostracized and, and, and distant you feel. But particularly in, like, Latin America and a lot of places in Europe, you know, France, Italy, and so on, so where people are very, like, touchy-feely, very emotional, you know, where their emotions on their sleeves. Yeah. You feel, it just does something to you where you feel part of it. You just feel like I'm accepted, I feel heard, I feel seen. And as black people in this country, sometimes it strikes you in a way that's so polarizing and so impactful because you realize just how invisible you felt the whole time. Mm. And, I'm, and I, I may give you an example, and I'm gonna kind of switch it back over to you. Like I I was in the the mall in Japan. This was like maybe like after like five or six months. And I and I had some friends from like Jamaica living there, I was working with and, and London and so on, so on, Australia. And I had a backpack on and I walk into the mall and without even thinking, I take my backpack off and I take it to the front desk, like the the cashier's, the register, right? And the guy doesn't speak good English, and he's like, basically, you know, like, Nani Sudo, and like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I just wanted to leave this here because I don't want you to think I was stealing. And they had somebody translate this, and he was like, what? why would you think, why would I think you're stealing? And, man, when I, I tell you that was like nine years ago, that story has never left me. That moment, that feeling has never left me where it was like, you mean you don't automatically look at me as a criminal because i have a backpack on the store like i like i didn't even realize i was conditioned to do that without thinking yeah. like there's so many things that we do as black americans that we just do to to to, to keep the ship balanced you know yeah. what i'm saying oh, yeah. Yeah. and you don't really it's just ingrained now it's just like oh this is a matter of survival i just i change my voice when i'm talking to certain people you know like i i i, I stand back a few feet or you know, across the street guarded. right and so when I travel, it's it's like you said, not not as like the autonomy of like making money to be able to do whatever I want. It's more of like feeling free,
1: yeah,
0: in your spirit. And the rest of the world does a very good job of that, even though racism is still present and so on. And you can go to Peru and see that dark skinned people are still working the the lower jobs, mm-hmm. right? The people on television are the light skinned people, or the white or the white looking mm-hmm. people. Um, and Europe has its own issues with immigration and um, you know migrants people coming from Syria and so on so let's not act like that doesn't exist right. but the way they go about it right and the whole per- whole point of what we're talking about about travel is that these experiences open your mind up to possibilities and every time you're in the presence of Opportunities or options. It, it it rewires your brain because you're like, you mean this is possible? Exactly. And I think when you come back to America, you know, and I know that you felt it where you feel kind of ostracized. You feel like you you feel like uh, some outlier, where you stand and you look at the same situations, whether it's the rioting or politics or you know, you know, pop culture and entertainment. And you can't, you can no longer look at it the same as people. You
1: can't.
0: And then they view you as kind of like this anomaly of like, uh, you know, well, uh, this, and you kind of like this high and mighty like, oh, you, uh, you, because you travel, <laughs> you yeah. think.
1: I understand totally what you're saying. Uh, but to our credit, when you travel, when you know, when you know better, you do better, right? Mm-hmm. So when you see that there's an alternative way that even though we are ingrained to think this way, we were taught this way, this is what we say, this is what we see on a daily basis, you go to another country and you see it handled a totally different way, a better way, you're like, why can't we, America, the place of the home, the home of the brave, and this is supposed to be the leader in in everything in the world, right? That's what we pride ourselves on, being the best, being the fastest, being the smartest and we can't get that right. So two things that kind of stuck out to me, um, two different stories. Um, One, I can't, I don't know if we were together or not. Um, I think we were, no, I think this was was a different group of people, but we were in uh, maybe London and there was just an uproar of people um, on the road and you could tell something was going on. It was like some type of unrest. Um, And so we see a couple cop cars pull out um, and they're surrounding this guy. And this guy, you could obviously see that something's going on with him mentally, but he's freaking out. Like, uh, I think he had just gotten up and I think he had just fought somebody and then he was almost about to fight the police. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, this dude's about to get shot. Like, this dude is about to lose his life in front of everybody because he is about to punch the police. And I'll never forget that a cop had so much patience, so much patience with him, and he swung at the cop. The cop just moved, and then he grabbed him. He was trying to console him. He kept swinging at the cop. The cop just kind of consoled him. And then took him, no handcuffs were ever put on this guy. He literally took him and sat down and they were just, like it was a group, they surrounded him and they were just talking to him. They wanted to see, The, the compassion was unreal. We would have been dead. Off top. Off top. Like, oh, he's black, dead. But like the compassion that they took They never even drew their guns. Like this guy was swinging on somebody, on a cop. They never even drew their guns. They literally took him, sat him down, and you could literally try and they de-escalated the situation, which would, that should be taught to the cops here. Like, and that's what I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like you were saying, why can't that be done here? Like, why is the first instinct to take somebody's life that they will never get back? They'll never go back to their kids. They'll never see their family again. That's somebody's life. But our first instinct here is, oh, he's being violent. Let's kill him. Not he's being violent. Something's probably going on with him mentally. Let's try to de-escalate it. Let's put him to the side. Let's take him away from the situation and talk to him. Mm. Why isn't that talk? And that's that's just kind of an example of the difference between here and uh, being in Europe. And the other one um, is, now this one I was with you guys. And I think we were going to, uh, we found some happy hour wine spot that had like $5 uh, wine glasses or something like that. And $5, no, free burgers. That's what it was. It was free burgers and $5 wine. You remember the spot I'm talking about? I
0: do. I do. All right.
1: So somehow I got lost walking to try to meet y'all there. And literally my phone's about to die. I don't know where the hell I'm at. I know I'm close. Well, I thought I was close. Ended up being like probably at least five, six blocks away because I was, I took a wrong street. So I showed the guy a screenshot of like the place I was going to and like he zoomed in and saw the streets. This guy was in the middle of, he was at a bar drinking with some of his friends. He noticed that I was lost. And so I kind of asked him like, hey, do you know where this spot is? And he was like, "Uh," he was kind of confused and I was speaking broken Spanish. Um, But he, the patience that he took to kind of trying to figure out where I was going, somebody he had never met, somebody he doesn't know at all. And I'm taking a part of your time that you're spending with your friends on a fucking Friday night. And he literally walked me like three blocks until it was in view. And he was like, it's right there. That would never happen here. Man. But like that that just goes to the mindset, the compassion, and how much they value things there. Like they, they value people. Not things, not statuses. They value people over a Europe. And that's what's refreshing, right? Because when you value people, you don't... And you know, they always say here, oh, I don't see color. That's That's bullshit, right? Yeah. You see color. But they're like, they see through color, right? That should be what people say, I see through color. Because you see color. I see immediately if I'm talking to somebody white. I see immediately if I'm talking to somebody white. If you see through it. Meaning it doesn't
0: mean anything. That's different. I and again, I I had such a such a warm feeling hearing your story, um, particularly the one where you're lost and and somebody you know uh, deviated from their evening routine and and, and whatever they were going to do to assist you. And I can think of so many examples in my own travels where that's happened. And, you, and, you, and, and you're just kind of like, it's the humanity that strikes you. Right. And you don't really, like, if you don't travel, if you're not out about, you know, seeing new stuff, you kind of feel like people disregarding you is normal. You're like, when you go into a store and you're looking for something, people just kind of point. They're like, it, it's down that way, make it right, go downstairs, it's on the left. Even when it's their job. <laughs> yeah, even when it's <laughs> their job, you know? And then over there, it's like, oh, no, I'll walk you. You know, I I can vividly remember being in in, in like the Shinjuku like uh, train station trying to get to the visa office to get um uh, to get my visa, and I just remember asking people so many questions and people who were like on their way somewhere stopped, walked me through the train station, got on the train with me, and so on. And I'm thinking, wow, like you you literally could have been like maybe a, like you know a few blocks from your house at this point or your taxi. And you just cut all that off for somebody you don't even know, who doesn't even live in your country, who barely speaks your language, like almost nil, at the time, and you're like, and and it's inspiring, you know, the fact that you could be so nice and kind to people who you don't know, from from anybody else, and I always look at that like Japan was like the safest place I've ever been, you know what I mean, like I. You know, like, I think i read somewhere like their number one crime is bicycle theft. Like stealing bikes is what people are worried about. Like, oh, it'll steal my bike. You know, and having some bike that's like, I don't know, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, that freeze that you can put on it, uh, like in Terminator 2. (laughs) You know, like that little gas that you put on it and and like, and you could break it. Like they were worried about like having people doing that to their bikes. (laughs) I was like, uh, like liquid with liquid nitrogen, right? And they were like, Yeah, people got liquid nitrogen stealing bikes. I'm like, first of all, that's that's incredible. <laughs> like you really want that bike.
1: Like like
0: like what kind of bike is this? Uh but you you see that and you're like, Oh, okay. And they were like, I never locked my door. Like my house, like once I learned how safe it was, like I never locked my car, I never locked my house. Like people come in, could've come in like robbed me, could have like beat me up in the middle of the night. And 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 it's like you said, you know, um in your travels, uh, having those experiences of people treating you as a person, and the cop, you know, consoling uh, this other person who who might be suffering from mental illness or a bad day or whatever it might be, what have you, you wonder what's the difference? Because you know, you know, you and me know that, that people are the same pretty much everywhere you go. Like like we've traveled enough to know that like pretty much wherever you go. The human condition is the same right and yet some something in America won't allow people to address people as their core, but the accoutrements right like like the the everything that goes on top of that person is how you address them. It's the way that they're dressed, it's the way that they speak, it's how much money they earn it's what job they hold like this is the way you see a person versus you go to another country. I mean, we were in the grocery store in Barcelona, right? Amazing city again. But we, we go in there and it's like, oh, just try something. Want some grapes? Eat it right out the bag, man. You want a kiwi? Shoot, brother, we could we could cut a kiwi open right here. And and <laughs> like we're closed at this time. But bro, listen, man, I know you're here to have a good time. I'm going to keep it open. I'm not even supposed to sell you this liquor, but I'm going to sell you this liquor. You know what I mean? And I just kept thinking... Who would go this far for me
1: yeah.
0: in America? And I know that there are different places in America that are different. You know, you can go to LA and it's different than uh, in Atlanta and Atlanta is different than New York and it's different than Austin, Texas and so on. But like, sometimes that difference is so wide yeah. that it, it's like, you, you can't unsee it. Yeah. You can't unfeel it. You see it and you go, wow, I could be treated like this. I can live like this. I can go down to Port Olympico and do whatever, or I can stay in Atlanta, Georgia, and get penalized for being black. Though I hold degrees, though I have credentials, though I have some money, and it's like, and you're and you're going, and you realize that it's just not enough for people to treat you justly. And I think traveling ought to be part of a. a uh, high school and college curriculum, I think it should be mandatory. I don't, I don't care if it, I think everybody should have a study abroad program. I, I think there should be money filtered in these public schools to get people to see something else. Uh, and that's probably going to be one of my long term goals because, you know, we're people, because we've traveled, we're people who can infiltrate yeah. um, every level of this society, cross culturally. And the people who can't do that are penalized and demonized sometimes for their lack of experiences, which may not have necessarily been their fault. You know, I grew up in poverty. I didn't have those opportunities. Sure, and that can be very valid. Or you could at the same time grow up in in a position of privilege right, And, and, and abundance and feel like because of your upbringing there, you never had the opportunity to really descend into the lower ranks of society, right, and, and understand what that life is about, or not having what that's about, right. And I think the way you bridge that um, through travel it is through travel, right? Just just showing people something new, um, letting them try new foods uh, and new dances, and uh, romantic relationships. And that's one of the things I've enjoyed the most. You know, i mean i''m i'm, I'm gonna say i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say that right here on my podcast you know while people are like word you're like yeah, yeah 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 okay like even the love you receive and share is different abroad because of how how people were were raised to uh to love others or support and encourage others uh you know I've dated people a- across the world um and what it does is helped me. Figure out what I want out of a marriage, right? Because like I'm, I'm not married now, but like I'm, I'm out here looking, right? You know, right. and I'm going. I, I think I want somebody a little bit like this. I think I want a little of this, you know, East Asian philosophy here. I think I want a little <laughs> bit of European flavor over there, yeah. and I feel like a little mad scientist, you know, in a, in, in the lab. That's right. Um, and then when you come back and you look at where you're from and the offerings, you know, where we are, we're in Atlanta, Georgia. It's kind of like. And you almost feel like elitist. You, you almost feel like... These peasants. You're right, right, these peasants, you know. A, oh, and you feel kind of pompous about it, but low-key, low-key, sometimes you can see too much to where you can't go back, man. I'm passing it. I can't... I'm not even, even going to get myself in trouble oh, on this. Oh, man, you're going to pass it to me when it's hot. When it's hot. But no, I can...
1: I, I will second that, um... It is. It is different over there, um, and I'll just go ahead and say it from from one aspect. Uh, sex, sex is looked at totally different True. over there. Sure. Um, so there, um, it's it's not looked at as I guess. Say, like, and this can be taken as a good or bad thing. Um, But to me, it's not as, uh, I guess, sacred, maybe, is the word, if that makes sense. Um, It's looked at as an activity. And if I like you, you like me, if we vibe, it's not that big of a deal. You can hit it off day one. You can hit it off day one. You can have sex, and it's not... There's no strings attached. The next day, they're not looking at you to be their boyfriend, or it's just it's just different. Um, it's and I, like I said, it's 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 I don't know if it's good or bad in a way, right? Because we were raised here that I mean, sex is is sacred, right? It's it's something that you have with somebody that you think that you're going to marry or something like that but i feel like it's more it's more lax over there they're more free to engage um and i don't know free free is just the word they it's not it's not a big deal to them like you can meet somebody one night and have sex and it's it's not awkward the next day it's not like, what did we do? It's just like, we had a great night.
0: I want to add on to that. Um, you know, after some of that heat was uh, dissipated, <laughs> uh, I appreciate you for, for taking some of that heat off right quick. <laughs> you know, I had uh,
1: to speak softly, I had to de escalate.
0: He, he, he did. He, tried, he neutralized that real well. <laughs> uh, nah, for real. Like, uh, yeah, that sex aspect is really, um, it's not a card to be played in the romantic game, in the dating game. Whether you're there long term or short term, it's almost like shaking hands, uh, kinda. It's
1: that's a good.
0: uh, It's very nonchalant. That sounds weird
1: if you haven't. That sounds weird if you haven't experienced. But that's a great analogy. It is like it is like shaking hands. It's exactly what it's like.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy because it is. It's kind of, um, you know, I've met people, you know, in, in passing and travels, being somewhere for a week or so. And you hit it off on day one and you could have sex day one and you could hang out with this person for an entire week and and you can have sex all week. And it's not this huge thing of like, oh, now you're leaving. I'm heartbroken. What am I going to do without you? It's just more of like, we were having a good time. We We enjoyed enjoyed each other. And here, even though I think the prevalence in the United States of sex and, and one night stands and so on, I think it's just as high. I just think the meaning of it is a little different, honestly, yeah. um, but again, it just goes back to, to cultural differences. You know, I, I just look at Europe as being very lax. I mean, obviously you could drink beer like 15, 16, yeah. um, and then and, and just the culture of like live and let live. You could jump in the ocean and jump in the lake. You know, I was over in Zurich and like they got Lake, uh, lake Zurich over there. And it's almost, I think, what I, from what I saw, and somebody can correct me, you know, you can come in the comments or somebody could DM me or something and be like, no, I think that's not right. But I just saw people jumping in the water anywhere. Like, I literally was at a restaurant eating a hamburger and some fries, dipping it in, in mayo, because that's what they do over there, right? And I'm like, these people got naked, <laughs> like, 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 I don't know, 70 feet away and just jumped in the water. And I'm like, you can just get naked? in broad day (laughs) and you're next to a restaurant and on a strip of places and there's not like nothing you're you're thinking like is there a city ordinance is there like some place where there's a no swim zone and (laughs) these people were like where the rules at? right i'm like you you guys are just doing whatever and then this this girl that i was having having uh lunch with she was like do you want to go swim and i had some trunks on like underneath all my stuff so we walked down this path after this lunch right? and go to like this little park area. And, and uh, she just strips right there and jumps in the water. And I get in, and I had this big camera with me. This camera's like $6,000, right? And I've got my phone with me, I've got my keys, I've got like the, the thing to get back in my Airbnb, I've got all that with me. And I'm going, and I'm looking at all these people passing in this park and things like that. And I realize something, everybody has all their stuff laying out. It's just there, boom. And I'm thinking, what? but they weren't thinking that their stuff would get stolen. Yeah. Like my first reaction here is like, oh, you are gonna get robbed. Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, I go like, be realistic. Like I go to, I go to the mall. I can, I can get out my car, lock my car. I swear to God, I'll walk 10 feet, right, turn right. around <laughs> and hit my key again. <laughs> you know, just to make sure I locked it yeah, because uh, y'all still in out here. Right? right. And then over there, it just was so like, wow. Okay. You do. You, you guys aren't. That's not what y'all on, and I'm not saying we're not. Obviously, we're not saying that people don't steal. People steal everywhere. Like that's oh, not what we're saying, you know. Right. But it's something that you just have to experience to to know in a very empirical way. You got to be able to feel it in your soul what it's like to get off off the plane, to have to speak another language to kind of survive or get through. Um, get through unknown and unfamiliar situations, and then have that dopamine release, that feel good feeling when you're making it, when you're surviving. Yeah. You know, you could be in a group where everybody's speaking four or five languages and you're like, and, and a lot of these Europeans, like you said, speak four or five, three, four, three, four, or five languages. Yeah. You know, I've seen people talk to somebody in Italian, hear somebody speaking in German, then turn and speak in German, then turn and speak in Spanish and turn it, and, and you're like, holy cow, you're a superhero, right? And they're fluent. It's yes. not it's not
1: like oh yeah, like when we say we speak Spanish and like we <laughs> can barely hold a conversation, right? They're fluent. Yeah. Um and it's part of it is because being in Europe and you have all the countries neighboring, right? And you travel to different countries, you learn their language. But also I I was figuring out that there's a lot of inter I guess intermingling between different countries like you might have i met a lot of girls where it's like yeah my mom's french but my dad's italian or my dad is from eastern europe uh, my mom is from turkey like whatever right so of course that has something to do with it as well but also it's an it's educational piece it's not that cockiness that americans have that oh yeah i'll go somewhere that somebody will speak english It's like they want to immerse themselves in different cultures. They want to be educated. They take value in educating themselves on other cultures, which is awesome. And what's also good about Europe is you can go to a country and then see a little bit of different countries because people have moved there. Like here you have pockets like in Atlanta, you can go to Beaufort Highway and see like Vietnamese uh, pockets, uh, yeah. different Asian pockets, maybe Mexican pockets, and uh, but there it's like a, it's a lifestyle. Like it's not just a Spanish country. it's
0: is, is so everything. everything. Yeah. Everything is so. I mean, these countries that we're talking about, particularly in Europe, like we're talking about, like, what Texas is like, the size of Germany yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, sure. like, like, for someone dating someone in Italy or France or some, someone's mom is from France, but you know, their dad is like Croatian. We're we're talking about somebody like being from Florida, married to somebody from Virginia, right. you know? And yep. so with it being that close, all those nationalities, it's like, oh yeah, I, I gotta learn Italy because Italy's next door. It's like being in Georgia. Yep. And then, you know, over in Alabama or South Carolina is like a whole new language. Right. And so it's like, of course you gotta know that. Of course the school system would teach you something like that because it's literally like two hours driving away. Right. You know what I mean? And um but yeah, I feel like we've said a lot. I feel like we've uh we we've we've opened up some dialogue. You know, I, I hope I hope you guys, I hope you listeners are inspired to to travel, um, uh, to see more. Uh to love more and just be more compassionate and and, uh, empathetic to how other people live and view things. Um, Obviously, you know, it took a slant here with race and, you know, as two black men talking, I mean, this is something that we can't escape. It's inescapable for us. Um, And and often when we travel as people of color, this is something we have to consider when going places. Um, I do want to thank uh, you know, Brandon, for for taking time to 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 come out and uh, and uh, jump on this podcast with me, uh, it's, as always, is a pleasure. You know, to have his insights and uh, his secular views. You know, he's traveled, uh, he's he's accomplished in business as well. He's only going higher. Um, you know, this is this is a. Uh, you know, if you're enjoying this, totally, if you've made it this far in it, right, uh, cause we've been speaking for about an hour and some change, <laughs> you know, subscribe, please. Uh, share, rate, comment, you know, um, because we're trying to grow this thing and we, we want people to, um, to learn from this, right? To, to To break through some of their own comfort zones and their personal barriers and their mindsets and maybe you didn't want to travel before this, or maybe you were scared to travel and you kind of listen to say, okay, maybe this is something I can do. That's what this is all about, okay? And so uh, I'm gonna pass it back to, to Mr. Edwards one more time. And he's gonna share with you ways that, uh, either that you can reach him or uh, he'll share some future plans with you guys, or he'll just close it out. Uh, whatever he'd like to do is fair game. Um, that is enough of me uh aka nicholas of finding necklace
1: you know what's funny is i'm not even on a whole bunch of social media platforms so uh, i told myself that i was gonna make a, a instagram um when i start traveling uh so maybe i i will do that in the future but yeah i'm just on facebook man <laughs> <laughs> i'm a pretty old school um but yeah brandon edwards um I'll probably be—I don't even know what my profile picture is, man. I don't even get on there much, but I think uh, it's probably some type of ocean or something in the background. But yeah, like Nick said, I definitely encourage you guys to uh, to get out, um, travel, uh, Europe, other countries, uh, the world. They love black people, man. So don't don't let the the U.S. fool you um, with all the the stuff that's going on here. Um, get out, travel. I encourage you to go to Europe, South America, um, the Caribbean, um, and just kind of see what you like. Uh, everybody has their niche of the travel. Whether you like the mountains, the the water, the beach, uh, but it but it's all out there, man. So I encourage you to uh, to get your friends, go travel, um, go see the world. It's it's a huge world out there, just waiting for you to
0: explore. <laughs> And just like that, we're out of here. Peace and love to you.